Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Magazine, broadcasting from the Oilfield Expert Studios. Oilfield Experts, where you get the right products right now. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto. Today, we are being joined by the Honorable Jason Isaac, who is with Life Powered. You are the Senior Manager and Distinguished Fellow there. And we're also being joined by Brent Bennett, who is a Policy Analyst for Life Powered. And now it is time to bring on the editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome to this week's show. Hey, it's another beautiful day. It sure is, and lots and lots of things to talk about that have happened over the week. So I'm excited to get you going with some of the questions that we've received and some of the uh, interest on uh, the world oil situation pertaining to Saudi Arabia. So let's get started with oil prices. Last week, they shot up due to the Iranian missile attack on the Saudi facility out there. And then this week, they seem to be back where they were before the attacks, which is a very interesting situation. What is your opinion on why is this happening? Well, there's there's quite a few reasons uh but yeah that, that's exactly what has happened uh first of all the saudis you know right after the attack everybody thought that you know, we were going to have five million barrels a day off the market for for several weeks at least it turns out that the saudis were able to restore already they've been able to restore m- the majority of that production uh they say they will be able to fully restore the Abcake facility the oil processing center um, back to full capacity within a matter of weeks. That uh, seems like a gargantuan job to be done that quickly, but uh, we'll see if they can. In any event, the markets have been reassured that we're not going to have a long-term, any kind of long-term outage of millions of barrels mm-hmm. of crude. Uh, you know, and, and then, you know, you have the, the fact that uh, we have – Thank goodness, so much energy security in this country, thanks to uh, the massive increase in our own crude production, uh, mainly here in Texas in the Permian Basin and Eagle Forge Shale, uh, that, you know, we're able to put, uh, you know, more crude onto the market from the United States. And some of these other countries had uh, additional capacity sitting on the sidelines that they've been able to put into the market to, to rebalance things. And so at the end of the day, we haven't had any big disruption in oil supplies. And the market sees that, and the price is right back down to where it was before the attacks happened. I, I, I want to say, though, I want to expand on that answer because everyone needs to understand, this is why hydraulic fracturing has to remain legal yep. in yep. the United States. Uh, you have Elizabeth Warren and, and Beto O'Rourke and, Mayor Pete and and all these Democrats talking about how they're going to eliminate hydraulic fracturing, make it illegal. Well, if you make hydraulic fracturing illegal, had it been illegal prior to these attacks, we'd all be sitting in gas lines right now. The price of gasoline would be double what it is, okay? Hear us. It's not just gasoline. It's going to affect every single thing you do. Utilities, your utility bills, your grocery bills. Everything is going to go up. 
without this. Exactly. So it isn't just, oh, well, it doesn't matter to me because I drive an electric car. No, it does matter to you or catch the bus to work. It matters. It, this matters to all of us. And it's also a matter of national security because if you noticed, we're not having to go to war in the Middle East anymore either. In fact, we're we're doing our best to end those wars and get untangled from them. And uh, that's also could not be accomplished without the vastly increased energy security we have in this country. We, we no longer rely on the Middle East for most of our imported crude oil needs. Uh, the Saudis only provide about 6% of the United States crude oil daily needs. Uh, and so, whereas 30, 40 years ago, when the, when the Arab oil embargoes were happening, we, we're importing half of our imports mm-hmm. from the Middle East, mm-hmm. okay? So, so we have all this incredible amount of energy security. We have incredible, abundant oil and natural gas, which is one of the reasons why utility bills are so low in Texas, because we get most of our electricity from natural gas. If, if you elect a president who's going to outlaw hydraulic fracturing... You know, we've had these staged anti-oil and gas moments going on across the planet. And look, I'm Kim Bilotto is not a a scientist in in the environment. So I'll keep my comments short because I really don't have a legal standing to say if I believe in what's going on or not. I'm not here to say that. But what I am here to say, David, is the fact that we have people who are not scientists either, like politicians that line their pockets with a whole bunch of rebate money and stuff saying they've scared the planet. They've scared these kids into thinking that there's something going on here. And um, I don't know if you saw the video that I've been posting on everyone's platform, which is if you're not willing to unplug from your phone, your cell phone, and you're not willing to get out there and and, and walk and, and take a bike as opposed to drive a car. I mean, these people of today who are sitting here saying they don't want hydraulic fracturing and we have this global problem. Why isn't China or India or any other country being pushed into hey we have a problem because yeah and and that brings another really good point up about all this as you hear all these fright scenarios being thrown out by all these climate change people realize and understand it's it's a simple fact of the matter that the united states has had a greater decrease in our carbon emissions in this country Mm -hmm. than any other country Mm -hmm. on earth far and away greater than any so if anything we're the leaders without being a party to the paris climate accords and it's because we're using more natural gas in power generation and retiring all these coal plants so if you eliminate hydraulic fracturing guess what's going to happen to u.s carbon we're going to reopen all those coal plants and they're going to go right back up again so you got to get informed the united states is not the problem there China is the problem, and no one is doing anything. Right, about but we're China. going around and scaring, uh, you know, the the kids of today, and, and they don't bother to get informed. They're just listening. So, no, we had a six year old child commit suicide this this past week uh, out of fright over climate ridiculous. change. Okay, I mean this is this is it's tragic. tragic. What yeah. is being done to our children, and I'm getting angry. Yeah, me too. Coming. It's just, let's switch gears. Kinder Morgan announced on Wednesday that its uh, Gulf Coast Express natural gas pipeline opened for service weeks ahead of schedule. Hooray. Let's talk about why this is important to the Permian Basin producer and the public. Oh, it's fantastic. It, it, yeah, that's a big deal. It's bringing more Permian Basin natural gas down to the Port of Corpus Christi. 
where most of it is going to be exported uh, LNG to international markets and frankly help some of these European countries clean up their own air, frankly. Uh, A lot of that's going to happen. Send more natural gas out of the Permian Basin is the issue of flaring natural gas out there in that part of the world is going to be greatly diminished uh, as these all these wells get hooked up into natural gas lines and it's going to flow into the market instead of having to be flared at the well site. So it's really good for everybody. And uh, thank goodness, you know, Kinder Morgan has, has opened that pipeline weeks in advance of, of what they anticipated. So it's uh, really a great Excellent. success story there. Yeah. Good for them. And, uh, you know, we've had them on the show before in the past talking about the pipeline that's going through uh, the Hill Country and ending up somewhere near Katy, Texas. So they've been very busy, which is good to see expansion infrastructure being finally created and being brought online soon. Let's talk uh, long-term quickly about uh, the consumers. I think everyone is trying to understand, you know, going back to the Saudi Arabia tax and attack on their facility, and what can consumers expect next at the pump? Well, it's it's a, an open question to me. Like I, like I said earlier, you know, the Saudis are saying they're going to get that facility back up and running in a matter of weeks. When you look at the photographs of the damage, there are major gigantic pieces of equipment uh, there in that processing facility that were completely destroyed uh, and lots of them too not just a few but there's a lot and uh, you know in the United States of course with our permitting requirements and uh, scarcity of cranes and things like that available to do that kind of work uh, that would be damage that would take months and months to repair now i don't know the situation with that kind of equipment in saudi arabia and obviously they don't have the same permitting and and government control requirements that we do but boy that damage is major and there are many you know really smart people who do know about the saudi infrastructure uh who are saying that it's going to take longer for them to make those repairs and if that becomes the case if it becomes evident that we're not going to get that production fully restored within a matter of weeks, then I, I suspect you'll see oil prices begin to creep back up again. And that will, of course, cause gasoline prices to creep back up because they, they follow the oil price. So we'll just have to see. I, I, I still stick with my prediction that, you know, the, the price is going to continue to hover between 52 and 60 for the rest of the year. Uh, I doubt we'll see it go above 60. If, if it does, it won't be by much. So I think we're, we're just in kind of a, an era of moderate prices for crude oil, and that means moderate prices for gasoline, which is good exactly. for the consumer. Well, David, I want to thank you again for coming on this week and look forward to having you on next week. Now we're getting ready for the Honorable Jason Isaac, Senior Manager and Distinguished Fellow with Life Power. Please stay tuned. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Remember this name, Oilfield Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Oilfield Experts' specialty is those hard-to-find oilfield parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210 210- Four seven one one nine two three, and visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com.
Join us Saturday, October 19th at Sam Houston Park for the 9th Annual Energy Day, one of Houston's largest free family STEM festivals. Energy Day has music, food, games, and fun. You can also enjoy over 60 interactive exhibits showcasing science, technology, engineering, math, energy, and careers. Don't miss out on the fun. Admission is free and is sponsored by Chevron, Technip FMC, the Consumer Energy Education Foundation, and the Consumer Energy Alliance. For more information, visit energydayfestival.org. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. And welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, being joined in studio. We have two guests, so it's a really great show today. We have the Honorable Jason Isaac, who is with Life Powered. You are the Senior Manager and Distinguished Fellow there. So welcome to In the Oil Patch. Thanks, Kim. And we're also being joined by Brent Bennett, who is a Policy Analyst for Life Powered. Of course, we have our editor of Shell Magazine on the phone with us, too. This is a very important topic to me. I personally... It affects me. I live and my home is in San Antonio, Texas. And today we're going to talk about some policies that the mayor and the city council are pushing on the city. And so I want to dissect this whole topic today with you guys. So I'm so glad you joined us. Let me begin with Isaac. Since you're the managing partner, tell us a little bit about Life Powered. Life Powered is a project of the Texas Public Policy Foundation, and it was started years ago as a, a called Fueling Freedom, an initiative just to help educate people about the quality of life that we enjoy here in the United States and the connection to the resources that we utilize from energy. Uh, and so our, our really our short mission statement is to raise America's energy IQ. And you have so many people that, that are wanting us so to keep profound. it in the ground. And um, we actually have a great quality of life. We're a world leader in clean air. We have number one in access to safe, clean drinking water. Uh, and people don't recognize that. And they don't realize that, that we are actually reducing harmful pollutants from our air better than any other large economy in the world. Uh, and it's because of American innovation, and a lot of that innovation is driven by energy that we're pulling out of the ground right here in Texas. Makes a lot of sense. You and and definitely, it's an important topic that a lot of people know very little bit of, about. Yes. Just as self disclosure, I've never worked in the oil and gas industry. I am just a community, uh, a person in, in the community that truly wants to learn more about the topic. Brent, tell me a little bit about what your role is with Life Powered. Oh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm the policy analyst, uh, so I'm uh, means I'm the chief fact checker, also the uh, the the researcher. So I do the research for, you know, making sure that we're you know really grounded in what we're doing. Uh, and and really accurate to what to the to the degree that we can, you know, 
be accurate. It's energy is a very complex, technically challenging topic. It, it is. Uh, and I, I love studying it. So it's really fun to get to come in and study it every day. I'm glad you guys are here. And let's get started with some of the uh, questions that I have for you that we've prepared. And David, you jump in here whenever you feel you want to jump in here. But I want to start with asking, sorry, I'm having a little headphone problem here. San Antonio is on this path where they want the city council and the mayor wants to push a lot of unfriendly energy policies. It had been out there in San Antonio, but it seems as though Congresswoman from the Bronx, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, back in February, started to talk about this Green New Deal. So everybody's familiar with it. Not so much in the details, just they've heard it. It's a buzzword. It's been going around. Can you take us through what basically the plan would do to society? She's, you know, this this amount that that this Green New Deal would cost the United States is basically a $93 trillion plan. So my question is, what would that do to our society if if she actually got this plan through? (laughs) Well, we've done the research, what it would do to Texans in general, and our electric costs alone would increase astronomically. Uh, it's you're looking at we pay about fifteen hundred dollars per family per year for electricity now in Texas and to implement the Green New Deal, which means to go carbon free electricity, which is over 80 percent of the electricity that we generate today comes from fossil fuels, whether it's natural gas or coal. Uh, and to, re- to replace that would lead to astronomical increased cost of living getting to almost $14,000 per year per family for electricity. So almost a 10x increase in cost that would just hurt the, the least among us more than anyone else. People that spend a great deal of their portion of income on electricity here in San Antonio, about half of the population, half the least among us in San Antonio spend almost 30% of their income on electricity alone. The average is less than, I think it's around 3.4%. They say affordable is less than 5%. And to think that people here in San Antonio are spending almost 30% of their income on electricity is appalling. And it also seems like to me, if you're a person that is struggling with just keeping food on the table right now and, and, and all of the bills that a lot of, of San Antonians usually have, which is trying to, you know, figure out how to make your budget stretch, this would truly affect them in in some of the worst ways. Um, We are here to talk about San Antonio, but we're getting ready to go to break, so I don't want to get into that topic until we come back from break. But what are the chances, just YouTube, out of curiosity, that this Green New Deal plan would actually make it through Congress? Um, Is it it plausible anytime soon? No. And... Thank goodness. Yeah, <laughs> that's the short answer. Thank goodness. But, yeah, but I think that, uh, again, the, the goal with, with these kind of policies is set out these markers in terms of the debate, you know, and it's just like with the climate change debate how there's kind of this these alarmists out there who's setting these markers to try and nudge you in that direction, you know what I mean? So it's to say, well, this might not happen, but we want to get, you know, we want to be moving this direction, right? And so that's what we're here to talk about is say, is this the right direction to go? Is this is this something that that we want to start doing? And it's um, it's going to even even moving a little bit in that direction is going to be very challenging and very expensive. Yeah, you know? it, and it doesn't have a chance in Congress now. It may in the future, but what you're seeing, and I think this is a a distraction technique is let's talk about the Green New Deal at the federal level. So watch while everybody's focusing on that, we can get these deals done at the local level. 
And that's where it impacts you the most. Exactly. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, now it's time for us to get into a little bit more about what's happening here in the city of San Antonio and what it's going to mean because there are other cities that are pushing their little plans too. So let's take a break. You're listening to In the Wool Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210-240-7188. Again, 210-240-7188. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we are being joined by the Honorable Jason Isaac, who is Senior Manager and Distinguished Fellow for Life Powered, as well as Brent Bennett, who is Policy Analyst for Life Powered. David, I want to turn the the mic over to you because you and I have been talking a lot about what's happening here in San Antonio. We've covered a little bit on the air. I want to give you an opportunity to get in and ask a couple of questions. Gentlemen, again, thank you for being here with us today. It's it's really a pleasure to have you and have this discussion. Uh, so we, we have the, the city council in San Antonio there coming in on the heels of the national rollout of the Green New Deal, which we, we talked about a moment ago. And they're calling it the, the city's Climate Action and Adaptation Plan, or CAP, C-A-A-P. And in your own campaign notes that the, the council members bullied this plan in, you know, in through the process, despite a lot of public criticism and opposition. So let's, let's start with just a, an overview of the details of what the CAP uh, uh, plans to do to the people of San Antonio. I'll start with the political part of the plan. When you look at the plan and its current adaptation, it references Paris over 20 times, the Paris Climate Accord, the Paris Accord, over 20 times. And And we thought that was dead. Yeah, (laughs) and and this is really what happened as a result of the president signaling his intentions to withdraw from the Paris Climate Accord, which unfairly punished the United States, gave big asterisks to the largest polluters in the world, India and China. Actually, the Chinese lack of pollution control technology is affecting the United States air quality. It blows across the Pacific in a matter of one to four weeks. Certain types of pollution make it over here. But 
and it's political in that nature because when you look and actually read through the plan, it's about a goal of reducing carbon. Why didn't they just say that? But no, it's political. Uh, Michael Bloomberg and Bloomberg Philanthropies and others are pushing this plan. Over 400 cities have signed on because the president says we're going to pull out of the Paris Climate Accord. These liberal mayors and liberal city councilors are saying we're going to jump in and sign on to the Paris Climate Accord. We'll show him. And it's about reducing carbon. And it, uh, we, we brand this the Carbon Reduction Action Plan with a more fitting acronym because that's really the goal is all it is <laughs> is to reduce carbon, uh, which when you do that in San Antonio using the United Nation models, it does nothing to affect global temperatures. When you do it in the entire state of Texas, get carbon out of emissions, it does nothing to affect global temperatures. Again, using UN models. When you eliminate all carbon emissions in the United States using the UN models that this plan is based on, the Paris Climate Accord is based on, it does nothing to impact global temperatures. What it does do, increase costs significantly and put people under control of the government. Brent, you got to comment on this as well. Because you're the the real fact checker. um, And so uh, not saying you're not saying facts, but a lot of people just really don't understand what this is going to mean to them. And and I want to break it down because I think when people really understand how hard their life is going to be when we do something that is no benefit, but... You are the expert in this area as well. How is this possible that people are actually even believing this, in your opinion? Uh, well, I think, like Jason said, that uh, I think people, I think people are unaware of what it could cost, um, especially if if we're if we rush things, if we're trying to get ahead of where technology is going, you know. And I think uh, and it's not just a problem of technology, but also one of scale. You know, if you want to go 100% renewable, that takes a ton of building. A ton of materials and a lot of and that's where a lot of that cost comes from it's not just a problem that technology can solve and the same goes for electric vehicles you know you need and that's this plan wants to accelerate the transition to electric vehicles well right. that's that's a you know that technology is improving but uh to get it to get it implemented in an accelerated fashion costs a lot of money there's a lot of scale involved yeah and that. and you also are probably going to need to make a lot of money to be able to afford that electric car because the last i checked they're not very affordable to the average person so something to think about we're going to get ready for break when we come back from break i want to talk about the renewables and and what are some of the problems that renewables have and if we're going to switch over completely you know how do we do that and is it also a, a realistic fact that we can potentially get to and if so when you're listening to in the oil patch radio show and we'll be right back Join us Saturday, October 19th at Sam Houston Park for the 9th Annual Energy Day, one of Houston's largest free family STEM festivals. Energy Day has music, food, games, and a whole lot of fun. Enjoy over 60 interactive exhibits showcasing science, technology, engineering, math, energy, and careers. Don't miss out on the fun. Admission is free and is brought to you by BHP, Golden Pass LNG, the Consumer Energy Education Foundation, and Consumer Energy Alliance. For more information, visit energydayfestival.org. Hi folks, Alvin Bailey here. Did you know Agreco is proud to sponsor In the Oil Patch Radio Show? Agreco has served Texas oil fields for over 10 years, supporting producers with temporary power to get their product to market. When utility power is not available, Agreco is your reliable alternative. They service everything from pump jacks with a single 200-kilowatt unit to massive gas processing facilities requiring 50 megawatts or more. Agreco is your dedicated engineering partner for diesel and natural gas generators, as well as battery power solutions. 
Call Agreco today at 1-800-AGRECO. That's 1-800-A-G-G-R-E-K-O. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. We're being joined by David Blackman by phone, who is the editor of Shell Magazine. We also have the Honorable Jason Isaac in studio, as well as Brent Bennett, who is the policy analyst for Life Powered. Gentlemen, before the break, we were talking about the city of San Antonio's proposed plan to take the city of San Antonio into this green new kind of deal following, you know, Congressman Uh, AOC and her Green New Deal and the Paris Climate Accord. There has been a lot of talk about the renewables, and it seems to be everybody is signing on. It's so sexy, this, you know, to go green and want to be renew, use renewables, and there's wind and there's solar. And I just want to say that I think that all sources of energy are probably important when we look at what the world will need in the future. But there is a cost that probably is going to come if we go 100% renewable. So, like, how likely is it for us to be able to do this? And then more importantly, what happens if we did do this, if the wind is not uh, blowing and the sun is not shining, what sources do we use if we get off of uh, crude and natural gas? Yeah, well, and that's a, a, it's a big problem of, of physics, right? It's not, again, it's not just a problem of technology. You know, the technology is improving and it's getting cheaper, but... You have this problem of very low energy density, so you have to build a ton of wind and wind uh, turbines and solar panels. Um, you have to overbuild a lot of capacity, and you also have to make up for the intermittency, which is what you talked about. Um, you know, and so you have to have backup power, um, which usually comes from fossil fuels. That's what we're doing nowadays. We have about 20% of our grid is now powered by wind, but you still need to cover the full load of the grid with backup power because there's times when the wind hardly blows at all. Right. You know. Um, and so if we're going to go towards 100% renewables, then we need a lot of battery storage, right? And we're talking about, I mean, billions and billions of dollars just for, to cover San Antonio um, with, in terms of its, its energy needs. If you're going to store enough, you're store enough of that wind and solar energy to cover a significant amount of San Antonio's needs. So you're going to have to have a lot of overbuild, a lot of backup power, and also a lot of storage. And it's just a lot more inefficient and expensive than what we currently have. I remember Brent talking about, and it's Dr. Bennett here. He's a PhD scientist in the battery industry before so joining Life Powered. He knows, he knows this energy density stuff, has worked in the yeah. oil and gas industry, and understands energy density. Affordable, reliable energy is the key. There's not enough battery storage in existence today in the world to keep the lights on in San Antonio for even 12 hours on battery storage. So the wind stops yeah. blowing and the sun stops shining for 12 hours and people are going to be left out in the extreme heat or extreme cold, which we can control the climate inside thanks to our access to energy. Again, over 80% coming from clean coal and clean natural gas. And people say, oh, we shouldn't be burning coal. We shouldn't be using natural gas. But we've got the pollution control technology here in the United States. I joke that all the technology the Chinese steal from us, it'd be nice if they'd utilize our pollution control technology. (laughs) (laughs) But they don't. They burn it and they turn their scrubbers off. They have them installed, but they're expensive to utilize. Well, we utilize them here, and that's one of the reasons why, since 1970, we've gotten the harmful particulate matter, the harmful pollution out of our air. We've reduced it 74%. 
a world leader in clean air here in the United States. We should be grateful and thankful. While there's a whole bunch of kids today that are striking, they're skipping school, except in New York where they're getting excused absences uh, to protest and they're on a climate strike. They should be grateful that they've got clean air in their fossil fueled vehicle to get to these climate strikes uh, around the United States. If everyone was educated at this topic, we probably wouldn't need a show. and We'd probably be doing something else for a living. Yeah, one more thing. Brent did the research on this for San Antonio to go 100% renewable just to serve of the citizens of San Antonio, which CPS Energy serves much more than that. They serve the entire grid of the state of Texas. All of a sudden, they've gotten almost $8 million in in, in surplus for the city to spend on their pet projects because they're selling electricity into the grid. Last year, it was over almost $140 million in revenue sold to the grid. But if just to serve the citizens of San Antonio, you'd need 130% of the landmass of the city of San Antonio in wind and solar and battery storage. And, you know, we talked about also, it seems like to me, if we go 12 hours without any kind of energy and we're out now, I mean, uh, resources, who are the most vulnerable people we're talking about? The people who are either elderly, infants, what would, we've talked about how expensive this would be on them as well. I mean, the most vulnerable people in San Antonio are basically going to unfortunately wind up having to endure the worst conditions. Think about people in a hospital, and this happened in Venezuela, very similar. Lose electricity for a short period of time. They had 47 deaths in a hospital. 15 of those people were on simple dialysis. Could you imagine a family member of yours who has a kidney infection or a kidney issue, and they have to go to the hospital for dialysis, and they wind up dying because they don't have electricity? Well, that happened to 15 families in Venezuela. Other people that were coming in because of some of the protests that were happening, if they've got a simple wound to their arm. They can't perform surgery. Amputations were increasing significantly in Venezuela because of the disruptions to power supply. That's, and, you, and, you, yeah. and you don't think that could happen here, in, you know, but it can. It, it can. It, it absolutely yeah. can. Yeah. And, we, yeah, and, and we won't, you know, and part of the thing is, yeah, we're, we're going to spend money to try and make sure that's going to happen. Hospitals will build backup generators. And so on HEB is actually purchasing a lot of backup generators for their uh, for their um, uh, grocery stores, uh, because they don't they don't want to have power outages, they need to keep their food cold. But again, what are these? But it's going to cost a lot of money. It costs a lot of money. That and what are the generators using? Yeah, Once natural again, gas. There yeah. you go. So, like it or not, or fossil fuels are here, and to try to get rid of them at this point completely seems to be uh, very irresponsible in the way when we look at how people's their their way of life, and even maybe life expectancy can be cut. To me, this seems a little irresponsible for our elected officials to be pushing this out. When we get back from break, I want to talk a little bit about Eagle Ford Permian Basin and what you guys have been doing here in the city to try to educate the community. What would be the outcome if we keep going? And are there cities that are already a little bit ahead of us on this that we can look at their model? Okay, well, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Remember this name, Oil Field Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Oil Field Experts' specialty is those hard-to-find oil field parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oil Field Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210 210- Four seven one one nine two three, and visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. 
Join us Saturday, October 19th at Sam Houston Park for the 9th Annual Energy Day, one of Houston's largest free family STEM festivals. Energy Day has music, food, games, and fun. You can also enjoy over 60 interactive exhibits showcasing science, technology, engineering, math, energy, and careers. Don't miss out on the fun. Admission is free and is sponsored by Chevron, Technip FMC, the Consumer Energy Education Foundation, and the Consumer Energy Alliance. For more information, visit energydayfestival.org. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. The Texas Alliance of Energy Producers has a rich and commanding history of fighting for the independent oil and gas industry. The Texas Alliance became a statewide organization in 2000 with the merger of two of the oldest oil and gas associations in the nation, the North Texas Oil and Gas Association and the West Central Texas Oil and Gas Association. Today, with more than 2,600 members, the Texas Alliance is the largest statewide association in the country serving independent energy producers and associated industries. Through our efforts in Washington, D.C., and Austin, the Texas Alliance is focused on a better business climate for you. The Texas Alliance has a staff consisting of highly experienced senior staff and supporting consultants serving our membership. Offices are located in Austin and Wichita Falls. Become a member today by visiting texasalliance.org or email us texasalliance at texasalliance.org. back you're listening to in the oil patch radio show our guest today honorable jason isaac the honorable and brent bennett the life howard and we also are joined by david blackman the editor of shell magazine david i know you have a question about permian basin yeah so so we talked about how really non-viable going to 100 percent renewables even is frankly uh just because of of the science involved in it and all the limitations of those energy sources. But even if it were possible, why would San Antonio want to do it? I mean, San Antonio sits directly in between two of the three largest natural gas basins in the United States, the Permian Basin and the Eagle Ford Shale. It's like, why in the world would the state of Texas not want to use its own natural resources to power its major cities? The whole thing makes no sense to me, just in a logical sense. Yeah, and it's purely politics. If you look at the state of Texas, you've got about 20 million of the 28 million people that are in a competitive market. They can choose their electric provider. Well, people that live in San Antonio cannot. Nope. Uh, they have to go with CPS. And so you really you need to open up that competition for those for, for people like CP, that are against CPS or Austin Energy or in Georgetown Utility Service, the GUS, as, as it's referred to. But you got competitive markets in Houston and Dallas. Why not San Antonio? Well, that was part of a deal that was made back in the 80s uh, to allow us to have deregulation. Well, unfortunately, the people in San Antonio don't benefit from that. But it's it's the alarmist talking points. Or it's man-made, catastrophic climate crisis that we're in, and we have to do something. The costs are too great if we do nothing. 
The only thing is, is no one from the city of San Antonio can tell you what those costs are. Where we can, we've done the research, we know what the cost will be if you do this plan or start to implement any variation of it to go to 100% renewable, uh, like what the city of Georgetown did. The electric rates in Georgetown, they've had two increases this year. They're $31 million in debt over the last three years, and their electric rates are 62% higher than they are the city of San Marcos, which is about 60 miles south. But San Marcos has chosen to stay diversified in their electric portfolio, and Georgetown decided to go 100% renewable. And now their citizens are on the hook for these decisions that were made by elected officials that will have no consequences whatsoever. They may lose an election, but their citizens are stuck with the decisions they've been made. I think some of these elected officials should be held liable for these terrible decisions that they're making that will have no environmental impact whatsoever. And I have to say that elections have consequences. We hear that a lot, and it does. Mm -hmm. And here's a perfect example. You guys have been going uh, around San Antonio and holding public forums to try to educate uh, the community what this really means when we have the majority of city council and the mayor touting this around. We've seen other cities that when they've implemented goals like this, things like this, it has an impact to their, 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 their community, like you're saying. What happens if San Antonio gets their goal passed, which they're hearing is October 17th, right? This is where they take their vote if they're going to pass this or not. And I'm encouraging listeners to get down there and to say, we don't want this. But my point is October 17th is their vote. You guys will hold one more hearing, uh, town hall, October the 9th. Where's that going to be at? Yeah, it's at the John Ego Public Library. It's on the northwest side of town. What, yep. what we'll time? Be, uh, from 630 to 8. Okay. Yeah, and we'll be live streaming it as well. Excellent. Now, what's the importance of this? What, let's talk about what happens if this gets passed. Do we have a, a city we can look at what's already happening from a city that's a little bit for us? Yeah, you've got cities and countries. Georgetown's the perfect example. Again, massive increases in cost of electricity. You look at what Georgetown has done, or, or Germany has done. Georgetown, Germany started implementing these renewable plans, uh, and their costs have increased 50%. So very comparable with Georgetown. Georgetown's have gone up more. Uh, Germany's electric rates are three times what they are in the United States. And what you're seeing now is they're actually subsidizing coal generation. And you're starting to see emissions increase because you're having to subsidize subsidized coal, you're having to use natural gas when off-peak time. So when the wind's not blowing, the sun's not shining, you have electric demand, whether it's for manufacturing or for cooling your home or your refrigerator, keeping medicine refrigerator, powering a hospital, you're having to ramp up natural gas and coal-generated electricity. And it's just like driving your car in traffic. That's the worst, most emission in any efficient time to drive a car is when you're stop-and-go traffic. You're up, down, your engine's revving, it's not revving, it's sitting idle. It's very poor fuel efficiency. And it's the same thing with these power plants. And that's why we're starting to see emissions increase in countries where people are heavily dependent on renewables because, again, they're having to subsidize and then ramp up and ramp down electric generation, where if they had just run nuclear, nice, cool, good baseload generation or natural gas at a steady amount to generate baseload, emissions would be decreasing significantly. And I, and I would say that, uh, to correct Jason a little bit, emissions are decreasing a little bit in Germany, but it's mainly because they're losing manufacturing and they're using less energy. Interesting. Um, it's, not, it's not a, you know, like you said, it's a very inefficient, renewables are a very efficient, inefficient way to reduce 
uh, emissions on their own. And yeah, recessions always cause emissions to go down. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we're also seeing that if you liked your car, you know, we've heard this before. If you like your insurance, you can keep it, or your doctor. Well, same thing with the car. If you like your car, you can keep it. No, that's not true. You're going to see roads or lanes. Yes, social engineering. They're going to take out parking spots. They're going to narrow roads. They're going to add a lot of bike lanes. They're going to make it very difficult for you to get around, which is what the city of Austin has done. It's social engineering. How does a mother with three children, and you can't afford an electric vehicle, and and, and that's what we're going to go to, right? How can you afford that so you're not? You're going to be on the public transportation. Mm -hmm. How does a mom with three children that she's got to get those children to school and then off to work? I mean, how does this work? Not effectively, not safe and not efficiently either. And it's, it's, again, it's just social engineering at its finest. It's the government trying to control every aspect of our lives uh, and scaring people into making these decisions. Our polling showed that over 60% of the population had nothing. They didn't know anything about this plan, this carbon reduction action plan. But when they found out about it, and they admitted that the climate is changing and that it's a problem. We should be more resilient. We are a lot more resi- resilient. Deaths are down 97% in the last 100 years due to weather events. But they were overwhelmingly opposed to it if it cost them any more. Uh, and now the feedback that you're seeing from people that have heard about the plan are overwhelmingly wealthy, white, older people from San Antonio that are supportive of this plan, that are that are not the majority of the population in exactly. this community and not the ones that are going to be affected. Over exactly. 80% of the people that own electric vehicles are wealthy white individuals that make over six figures. So it's really not going to affect them. But you know what? I would prefer to hear from experts who know what's going to happen if we do this, and that's you guys. Thank you all so much for being in studio today. And let's touch base again one more time when you guys come back from uh, October 17th and, and the, uh, plan, yeah, the plan that they're going, the plan. It's, it's a plan. It absolutely is a plan that will affect the way that agencies in the city do things and implement things. It will increase the cost of buildings because they're going to implement these regulations to be more climate-friendly, uh, if you will. Thank you guys for being in the studio. David, Thanks, thank you very much. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.